Welcome back to Free Agent Fridays on The Andrew Hain Show. In this series, we highlight the careers, accomplishments, and aspirations of all the free agents in the sports business world looking for work in the midst of COVID-19. If you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on the show or want to get in contact with one of the free agents, please reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn. And now, a word from our sponsors. What's going on, everybody? This is Nick Lawson from Squad Sports. We're really excited to be supporting the Free Agent Friday series. A lot of great talent out there. Without further ado, this is the next free agent you should be signing with your sports team. All right, we're back for another Free Agent Fridays, and today I've got James Thomas McDaniels with me. How you doing, James? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good today. It's It's been a good day so far, so excited to get to, to learn a little bit more about you, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's kind of start off. Walk uh, walk us through where you went to school. You know, any degrees that you have? Yeah, so uh, I went to the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. Uh, I graduated there in 2018 with a bachelor's in broadcast and digital journalism, as well as a minor in sports media studies. And uh, from an education standpoint, that's kind of the only experience I really have outside of maybe a couple of community college classes when I was still in, in high school. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at now. And uh, the experience that I had from a, uh, from a sports media side, it started even before high school. So by the time I got to college, it was, uh, I already become a little bit more familiar in the field. So the degree kind of just adds on to the experience that, that I have, but it was a, it was a remarkable university, remarkable experience, a lot of great professors, a lot of great connections I made and, some of the opportunities I had were thanks in part to me just being a Trojan. Um, so just building up that connection network. When they say Trojan family is big and it's helpful, I've seen firsthand on multiple occasions that being true. So I'm very proud of where I came from from a university standpoint. And uh, definitely, you know, hopefully we'll see the campus at some point in the future because I haven't seen the campus ever since I uh, graduated there uh, two years ago. Okay. I haven't been there, but I hear it's a great <laughs> campus. So. It's small, um, you know, in, in the in it, you know, it's very small in comparison to say uh, a UCLA or Stanford because it's very, very compact, but it's amazing how many things they can fit in such a compact campus. So it makes it easy from a walking and bicycling standpoint because you can literally get from one end of the end of the campus to the other in like ten minutes. So it's very That's much nice. Yeah. So I guess, did you know you wanted to get in sports then before you went to college? Or at what point did you decide, hey, that's where I want my career to go? Yeah, I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to work in, in sports media. Even in like elementary school, I'd be wearing sports gear to Halloween parties and things like that. And I looked up to uh, Grant Napier and Jerry Reynolds, um, who were the Kings uh, broadcasters for a very long time together as a duo. And I mean, I was a huge Sacramento Kings fan for uh, many years and, went, uh, and I still am, um, but I started very young. Uh, I mean, my first Kings game was like when I was like eight years old or something. And that felt like a great birthday present getting tickets to go see oh, the yeah. Kings first time. And really for, for a lot of years, um, I have watched the Kings with my grandparents who uh, introduced me to the, the Sacramento Kings and kind of the game and basketball in general. And so now that's kind of like a regular thing, like over the last 10 years or so, there's at least a couple of times a year that I go over to my grandparents' house and we watch Kings t games together or we'll go to a Kings game or two a year just because that, that's kind of like our thing that has yeah, really cool. built my relationship um, with my grandparents. And so I hold that really dear. 
And the other thing that got me really into it um, of sports was NASCAR. Um, as you can see behind me, I got the Jeff Gordon uh, poster there. It's actually a puzzle I put together many years ago that we framed. Nice. Uh, but uh, Jeff Gordon was a huge, uh, he was like the NASCAR driver that I really liked to follow. And my very first NASCAR race was the 2006 Sonoma race um, at Sonoma Raceway. And that was, I mean, that was incredible because Jeff Gordon ended up winning that race. And so talk about having a first great experience uh, at a NASCAR race when your favorite driver wins it. So um, Yeah, can't go wrong there. Yeah, exactly. So just kind of seeing the, so between the Sacramento Kings and relationship, um, it, it helped me build with my grandparents as well as seeing NASCAR and uh, getting really involved in that, which by the way, my, my aunt and uncle introduced me to that. So it really has been a family affair. And, and, even my, and, even my, and even my grandmother on my dad's side was a big fan of the San Francisco Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. So those are the four sections, NASCAR, NBA Kings, and then Giants baseball, 49ers football. Those are the teams that I follow, and it's all because of my family's influence. So, so even at a young age, it's like I knew I wanted to work in sports because I loved playing uh, recreational sports. Uh, but I knew I was not athletically talented, I guess. I just enjoyed, I, I enjoyed playing and racing for the, for the fun of it and to try to, you know, better myself. But I knew from like a professional competitive standpoint that I probably wasn't going to be able to go up there. So I'm like, what else could I do to be involved in sports? And the thing that really caught my attention was the media side. And that was mainly because of Grant Napier and Jerry Reynolds. Um, the way that they talk about Kings games, even when they're talking about the opponent, they're very into what they do. They make you really understand the game if you are a newer fan and their enthusiasm is unmatched. And so I'm thinking to myself, if I could be like those guys on TV calling the games and helping bring the energy back to the fans and being able to be on TV and, and utilize the media to tell the story of sports, that's what I want to be passionate about. So even at a young age, uh, I don't know how early it was, but probably late elementary school years, maybe even middle school years was as early as I knew I wanted to work in sports media. And I started taking, uh, in high school, I started taking steps to uh, try to achieve that. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because I saw on your LinkedIn that you have, you know, more than a handful of uh, positions before you even went off to college or right around that time. So high school and early college. So um, what were you working on then? Yeah. So with the help of an uh, uh, employment program, I was able to get a couple of positions before going to college. So my first role was actually working for the local uh, radio station here. Uh, it was like for, it was, it was short. It might've been a month, maybe two months. And I was helping clip their, their traffic reports that would go on air. And I was helping uh, like voice uh, and write some of their uh, like promotional commercials that had to talk about with community events. It was very cool. One time I was, I was sitting in the car out at a parking lot and I actually heard one of the ads that I voiced come on the radio. And it was so nice, weird just hearing that, <laughs> knowing that me as a high schooler is actually getting uh, my voice out there on the airwaves. So I kind of did that for a month or two. And then, um, and then the following summer, I ended up doing a two month program with, or I, it wasn't a program. It was uh, kind of like an internship, I guess you could say, um, working for what are now called the Yuba Sutter Gold Sox. Um, and they're the local minor league baseball team, but they're not like, they're not 
single A, double A, triple A affiliated. They're like below that. Um, so I was do so for my work there for the summer, I was basically a Twitter feed writer. So I would be on their Twitter account updating basically the play by play of each game on Twitter um, while the game was going on. And it, it really taught me that I had to be fast because even in baseball where there's a lot of downtime, if there's, if there's like within four or five pitches, you can have a lot of action go on and uh, just, uh, you know, it, it really taught me to really be fast with the typing and just really having to keep track of the play by play of how sports go in order to try to keep the account updated and, you know, as things were happening. So I did one summer of doing that. And then after that, I spent the next two years um, from basically the beginning of my junior year to the end of my senior year in, in high school, writing for a local community paper called the Gridley Herald. And what actually happened with that was they had a position open for a sports reporter that came up. Uh, and I'm like, well, I'm in high school, but I've worked in sports and this is a local community paper. They're looking for somebody. Why not reach out uh, about it and ask for it? So I did. And they said that somebody else had already gone the role, but they were really interested in having me maybe cover Live Oak, which was a market they weren't really getting a lot of attention through. So for the next two years, um, I took some, uh, evenings where I went and covered, Live Oak High School with their basketball, their football, and their baseball teams. And I wrote, I wrote basically just game recaps. It wasn't anything more than that. It was just recaps, but still, you know, getting that experience of actually working on site at games, having to talk to uh, coaches mainly um, after, the, after the games to get their interviews and to try to just write a game story um, and just get experience with that at the local paper and then actually seeing my work published on a you know, an actual public news form that's used here in the area. Again, it's just getting more and more experience. Obviously, I think I have a little bit more knowledge now than I did back then because of all my time at USC and what they taught there. But just getting that initial experience and taking initiative to show that you really want to try to do something and advance your career. I found even, even after high school and in college, there's some opportunities I was able to get simply because I reached out and was wanting to uh, to do something and I was ambitious and I figure what's the worst that can happen they can just they can tell me no right but if they say yes then you know why not that's a great opportunity take it so I kind of had that motivation that drive to try to push ahead in advance even before I went to college because I knew in high school I really wanted to work in sports media not exactly where I didn't know in what part of the media field in sports I wanted to do but I knew for sure that I wanted to work in some way in sports media. So I tried to do everything I could to do that. And I ended up with those three opportunities before going to college. And honestly, because of USC being a, it is a tough school to get into and uh, they have a very solid journalism program. And that's one of the reasons I chose USC because they're one of the top rated journalism programs out there. And so I, I think that my efforts to try to go out and, and get some of these positions and actually execute while I was in these roles I think that was something that made me stand out in the application process because it showed I actually had the drive to be doing this type of work even before I entered college. So it showed I was serious about working in the industry. And I think personally that helped me, that helped set me apart to where I was able to get into a school like USC. No, it's, it's great. I always tell people, um, I look at, you know, experience more than I look at the degree. So 
somebody who's internships, volunteer, whatever it is. I think, you know, the more real world experience, the better. Um, so what I, what is the ideal job you're looking for now? Yeah. So now what I'm kind of looking for is something, it's kind of twofold. Um, I found that my two passions uh, within the sports media world really have been uh, public relations as well as a live television production of sporting events. I mean, when I was in college uh, for and really after college as well, I've spent the last about five years being just like an on the side freelance crew member for different uh, production companies working sports media roles that are kind of like below the line. And so um, most of my work has been done with the Pac-12 network and that helped me make a, a decent income actually in my last two years of, of college. And the way that that program worked out is uh, I guess Pac-12 usually comes to each of the Pac-12 schools once a year or twice a year to try to recruit students, let them know, Hey, we have a student program at our TV station to help out with our game broadcast when we come out and shoot the games. So I went to their session that they had and I, and I followed up after the end of the session to see what I could do. And so for uh, a couple of times between my freshman year and sophomore year, I did roles, but where I really went and did a whole bunch of production roles was in my junior and senior year. It's like, if I was not doing academics, I was working some kind of sporting event or working some kind of internship. Um, so I didn't really, I, I didn't have much of a social life outside of those two things uh, for my last two years of college. But that kind of leads me into, you know, where I want to go. And I just, the thing with broadcasting that made me like, I found that I wasn't the greatest being on camera. Um, it wasn't as like, I didn't get as comfortable doing it as I think somebody who is in this field needs to be in order to be a very solid reporter. So it's like, okay, well, that's not working out. And also with doing news production, it was a very tight turnaround every single day. You have to edit all these videos. And while I had experience doing and editing videos, um, I found that I liked just helping out with getting the live stuff. And then I didn't really enjoy the editing. I kind of lost interest in it after my time at USC. So um, I figured sports television is the best way to go because it's live. And then you help set up, you do the production, and then and then you strike everything, you go home and you're, and you're done. So I like that part. And then I also like the part of public relations where you help tell the stories of athletes. So writing features on players or, or drivers or athletes of any sport, that doing that and getting to do those special interviews with people and, and bringing out the backstory behind their, not only their accomplishments in, in the sport that they're in, but also all the other parts of their story that some people may not realize also comes with them. That to me, it, it brings out so much joy and so much uh, feeling of accomplishment and feeling like I'm succeeding and helping tell something. And um, because of that, I feel public relations is very much a part of that because public relations is all about trying to tell the positive side of how things are. And of course, when things are negative, it's about trying to crisis communications, right? So, but at the end of the day, it's not like a journalist where we mostly focus on the negatives. I really like the positive stories and getting to share those with everybody and really telling the backstory of sports on top of explaining maybe those moments that athletes have that are really grand in their careers. So I would say a perfect job, I know it's kind of been a long-winded answer, but I would say probably a perfect job would be one where I'm kind of doing half and half, half where I'm doing kind of public relations, writing uh, for a team, writing features and bios on their players, 
Um, and then maybe another half would be working production side stuff. So like working cameras, helping work audio, um, something like in a newsroom or working a remote production unit, like every time Pac-12 comes to a school or ESPN goes to a campus. So I'd say a job that offers maybe half and half would be my perfect thing. So like athletic communications in college has been kind of, uh, to me, seems like might be a good place to go because it kind of brings all that together. Um, but I find because I have not worked specifically in a sports information department that um, it might be a little harder to get in there. But I'm trying my best and I'm just trying to apply for jobs that fit any of those kind of three categories right there. Uh, that's good. That's good. What would you say is your biggest skill? Biggest skill. You know, that's the, that's the thing when I go into interviews is that to me, I don't feel that I am an, an outright expert at any particular side of the media industry. I feel like my kind of difference maker is I can be very versatile and adaptable because I've worked in some, to some degree, almost every aspect of the media world that there is when it comes to actually um, grabbing content. So you need video production. I've done that. You need live television production. I've done that. You, you have social media I've done that. You need someone to copyright all types of different internal and external copy. I've done that. Um, journalism, traditional journalism, PR, I've had experiences with those. So I think that my difference maker is I can be very adaptable and versatile because of all the experiences that I've done and have proved that I can succeed in. Um, while also, you know, making sure that I'd probably say my biggest skill probably within that though, if I had to be specific, would probably be writing simply because writing is kind of something that I've had to do throughout this whole process not just in academics, but in any type of journalism job that I've had, all the public relations jobs that I had. My most recent job that I worked at full time for the last year and a half was being a copywriter for a casino resort. So in my opinion, writing is probably my strongest individual strength. But the way I like to market myself is that I can be adaptable and versatile because I've done a lot of things. I, I've had a taste of a lot of, of, a lot of areas in the media field. So it's like, show me what I need to do and I'll take off from there. What's the area you think you need to work on the most? They work on most. Uh, definitely graphic design would be my, would be my weak point that I would need to, uh, to improve on. I have a little bit of experience with Photoshop um, and, and I think Adobe's got a program called Spark. I, I had to use those programs for um, just for some college class um, you know, assignments, but um, in terms of actually making graphics and trying to figure out how to put things in different layers and creating graphics from scratch, I mean, that's an area that, especially I know in athletic communications where they use InDesign a lot, that I'm going to need to uh, beef up my skills on that if I, if I end up getting in a position in that uh, requires that. Um, and, but I think because I've, I, I, you know, when I've had to handle things like graphic design or even like HTML, because I had one class at USC where we actually had to write some code html and and for me foreign languages really are not very easy to come by um so html in a way was like another language that i had to try to learn for the purpose of the class and it i was able to get the assignment done uh, and our final and everything that included a template that we had to work on but it was very very hard so for, for me personally to really understand it so if i go into a position Definitely graphic design and, and HTML. I've proven I can do a little bit of it, but it's definitely probably my weak point compared to some of the other areas that I have knowledge of in the field. 
what would you, um, how would you define success? I think success in many ways is making sure that you're happy what you're doing. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of the things that I've done in my fields, uh, they haven't paid a whole bunch. And even you know, in college and, and I think probably the only thing that really paid a decent amount of money was working productions for Pac-12 um, and any of the other companies that I was working with like ESPN that would do live productions. But other than that, I mean, there was a job that I took out in, in Talladega, um, out, Talladega Super Speedway out in Alabama and I worked there for three months. That was my first postgraduate job um, and that was for three months and I got paid less money in that job out there for three months than I did uh, my hourly wage when I was working in high school, working for the local newspaper here in California. So it's a very humbling experience having that. But the reason I did that was because I knew in order to get uh, more experience in public relations and being able to expand my profile even more, I knew I needed to get public relations on my resume. And NASCAR was one of the big sports, obviously, as I explained earlier, I'm a huge fan of and have knowledge of. And so when that opportunity came along, I'm like, it's for three months, I'll take it. And I, you know, lived in, I lived in a, uh, an apartment with one of the other uh, co-workers that was there at Talladega. Um, and I literally slept on an air mattress for three months. And this is like, I've had opportunities in New York. I've had opportunities in, in Arizona. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, I've had these other opportunities where I actually got to sleep in a bed. You know, um, and this one was like, I'm sleeping on air There's post-college when all these other opportunities, I didn't have to do that. But I did it because I knew I needed to expand that skill set. And I knew in the end, I knew it was going to pay off and it was going to be worth it. And I really, truly enjoyed that job because I was getting to write a bunch of press releases. I got to do a couple of uh, features, including a a really original feature where I got to talk to uh, two-time Talladega winner, Parker Kligerman. And I got to be on a phone interview with him for about 45 minutes. And, and I was just asking him all these questions I had come up with through all my research about him. And the, and the story I was able to write on him and his kind of what his background and his relation to Talladega and his success there, it was truly an original piece. And those are the thing where I get to put my own quotes and the research in that I had done. And that, those kind of things, seeing those things published mean more to me than pretty much any paycheck. Like I get so much joy just telling the stories of these athletes and being able to ask them personally about it and try to create this original story with their quotes and with their information and with their, with their original stories. So to me, success is you are in a job that, you know, it obviously is enough to where you can live. You know, it's a living wage, but it's a, a success is you are happy doing what you want to be doing. And, and you feel that you are contributing to something successful every time you go out and do your job. Like with the live television, I always get that joy because I know that when I go out and work on a production, even if I'm a PA or a parab operator or a spotter or a timeout coordinator, whatever I'm doing on the broadcast and then helping set up and tear down, um, if applicable, that I'm helping in some way bring the story of this live sporting event to all of the fans back home that are watching this on their TV without all of us doing it, they're not able to see this content. And so feeling like I'm successful and being part of uh, something that really matters and helping bring joy to people 
that's what I get the joy from, from doing live production. And then, like I was saying with the stories, just being able to tell those original stories and feeling like these athletes are giving me access to tell their stories and then seeing it published and feeling proud of the work that I've done to bring that story to the fans is what matters. Uh-oh. You froze up on me. Oh, sorry about I, I that. I can yeah. edit out. Okay. Oh, I can. There you go. I got, I got you still. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I don't know where we got cut off there, but, um, did you did you hear all the audio from that? Yeah, I think I think it came through. Um, I just I couldn't. You weren't moving, so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So we have. I got one more last question for you, and that is, um, give us a good fun fact about yourself. A good fun fact. <laughs> That's uh, you know it's a tough one because I know there's a lot of uh, fun facts out there that I could probably think of if I had some time. Um, it's very, it's very hard to, you know, it's very hard to think about fun fact, but I'll, you know, I'll tell, I'll, I'll share a fun fact that I think would be, uh, helpful in, in kind of the overall profile of myself. And that would be that I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, and being a part of Boy Scouts for many years and getting to have, uh, kind of an introduction to a lot of different areas in the fields. Um, I remember there was a merit badge that I did. It, it was railroading, uh, one of, it was one of the merit badges and as part of that um i got to actually learn how to drive a real lo uh, a real locomotive um because there's a nice. program there's a program that's up in my old hometown uh portola um, where they have a big museum and everything and union pacific comes through there um and they have a program it's one of the very few programs if the if not the only program on the west coast that actually allows you to learn how to drive a locomotive and um, so for a fee, you can go and get like an hour or two hours or something on one of their uh, trains within that said price range. So um, getting to actually drive a locomotive and learn the different whistle signals and actually put that into practice on a real locomotive while also learning the basic controls of how to operate one was really cool. Um, on top of, you know, learning the badge and everything. And, um, you know, I think too that, uh, uh, from being an Eagle Scout, my project was um, uh, building four wooden park-style benches for a local uh, school here uh, in the, in this hometown area. And uh, it was because the, there wasn't really a lot of seating areas on the playground area for the uh, school children to sit on. So it made sense to add the benches out there so they would have places to sit that weren't just like play equipment or the, gra or the grass. And I think the interesting thing about that project was I'm someone that isn't necessarily a, a, an engineer when it comes to constructing things. Building something, build, building things is not my forte, like auto mechanics and, and using the hands and, and things like that or not, uh, are definitely not my strong point. But for that project, I was insistent that I wanted to make something and create something. You know, it's probably a very similar mindset to as a journalist where you're creating a story. Every story that you write as a journalist or a PR person or even working in television production, it's a completely original thing that's never happened before and that you get to help tell. And so I'm thinking maybe that mindset probably came into that and made me kind of go out of my comfort zone and to, uh, to lead a project that was building these benches. And I remember even... I even built a prototype bench in advance so that I would know how to teach the other scout members who actually build the rest of the benches because I was leaving the project. Uh, I did that so I could better 
help teach them how to build the benches. So it's all about kind of that forward thinking so that you can be proactive and, and help yourself any way you can. And so even with the Eagle Scout project, you know, I think that's, an, even though it's a non-sports example, I think it just shows the mindset you have to have when you're working in sports. You have to think proactively. You have to know how to ma make sure that, that, that you're doing everything you can to improve not only yourself, but how can you uh, improve yourself to offer help to other people that might need it um, uh, if you're ever in a position to help them. And so I think that, uh, I think that project kind of just shows that in general. No, that's great, man. I can, uh, you know, hear the passion in your voice and, um, you know, see that you're, you're hungry for it. So I'm um, no doubt about it. You're going to, you're going to have some success. Um, but I want to thank you for joining me. Hopefully we can help get this out there, get, get that passion so people can see it too. And, uh, get you yeah, back, sure. get you back yeah, at it. Yeah. I mean, it was a, you know, it's very, it, it's great that you're helping do this thing and, and definitely appreciate the time doing that. And, you know, what's really interesting is we kind of touched on a lot of different subjects and, and, and the thing is with college too, is that the one thing I do want to say is that in my last job as, as a, as a copywriter, um, cause I, I know that people might look at my resume and be like, he worked in sports media all these years. Why did he go work at a, at a casino in his first full-time job? <laughs> and I think the importance of that is that looking back at that experience, it's actually very good because it taught me to write a lot more diversified content as opposed to regular journalism where you're writing, you know, 400, 500, maybe a thousand or more story word story. And sometimes in marketing, you have to be very quick and write things very, very short. And other times you have to write things with a very, uh, with kind of a structured perspective on how a company wants to do things. So to be involved in corporate communications, as opposed to a regular journalist, there were some things about project management and, and understanding the corporate structure that I had to learn while in, that job. So even though it was not involved in sports, because there was so much different writing projects involved, it really did extend and kind of uh, kind of maximize that skill set to where I could write a whole bunch of different things. And on top of that, in addition to regular casino things internally and externally that I had to write, um, it was also an honor to be a part of it because there was a um, an expansion that the casino had while I was there. They added several new dining venues, a bowling alley, virtual sports center, um, a, a new uh, event center. And to be a part of that huge $60 million plus expansion and be at kind of the heart of the communications process of that and help create all these things that relate to the media side of publicizing that expansion and notifying guests of how um, of what they can get from the expansion. Being part of that is also something that I hope will set me apart going on down the road because there's not a lot of people that are young like me that can say that they've been a part of a huge expansion like True. that from a communications perspective. So I wanted to add that in because I know that you know, yeah. we, 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 we didn't touch a lot on what I did in college. Uh, um, but there, I know that you list. You've got too much stuff in there, man. Yeah, I know, right? That's good. It's Keep crazy. it up. We'll make sure it's yeah. added to um, yeah. the YouTube and to the page on the website and um, yeah. you know, go from there. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And thanks again for doing all this. It's absolutely great that you're giving people like me that are looking for the next uh, step in, in their careers uh, a chance to kind of uh, voice their passions for the industry, why they why they got in it and what they can offer to uh, future employers. So fantastic what you're doing. Thanks for putting this together.
All right, we're back again for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got Andrew Nimick with me. How's it going, Andrew? It's going good. How are you, Andrew? Oh, doing good. Real good. Well, let's get um, started with, share with us where you went to school and the degrees that you have. Um, I went to, to school at Temple University for three years. I originally went to York College in Pennsylvania, went there for a year, and then I wanted to move on to bigger and better opportunities. So then uh, I transferred to Temple in 2017, and I finished out my degree there. I got my degree in sport and recreation with concentration event leadership. And it's been, it's been great. It's been a great experience. At what point did you decide you wanted to get into the sports business? I actually decided kind of late. I always had an interest in sports, but when I was getting ready to graduate high school and starting to look at colleges and stuff like that, I honestly had no idea. I just went to some <laughs> open houses. I was like, uh, I'll see what college is like, go to those open houses, see what the experience is like. But, I figured maybe going on the side of my mom with the teaching, so maybe consider that, but I didn't really have a good idea. But then I saw that some colleges often export management, so I figured hmm, maybe give that a shot and uh, end up declaring, and I stayed with it all four years. So it's been great. It's been a great experience. Nice. While you were in college, did you do any internships or anything? I did, yeah. Um, so my, uh, for Temple, we did two internships during the uh, time there. My junior internship, I did that at the University of Pennsylvania in equipment operation. That was interesting. Got a little hands-on experience about what they do behind the scenes for different sport teams, getting the uniforms ready for each game, fixing equipment like football helmets and things like that, and just getting those stains out so it looks good for when games on TV or broadcast and things like that. That was a little more... I said hands-on, but a little behind the scenes. Then my senior internship I just did this past semester, I did that with the Lancaster Barnstormers minor league baseball team. That was a great experience. That's my hometown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned that in one of the episodes, yeah. so that great connection there. Yeah. Uh, so I worked at their baseball team. That was a great experience in the ticket operations department. That was also very hands-on, but it was also fun-facing, which – was great for me because it really helped me improve my social skills and interacting with different people on a daily basis. Just getting the, the know-how about ticketing and baseball and just working with the different departments because it, as people have said, you wear different hats in minor league baseball and not just confined to one area. So I got to see a variety of different things and that, that was great. I really enjoyed that. So like, what is the ideal role you're looking for in your next venture? Ideally, I'd, eventually want to see myself in a director or vice president managerial role in ticketing to work my way up to the industry. I guess I did those two internships, so maybe get back into an internship and entry level right now and then work my way from there. So what kind of stuff were you doing with the Barnstormers then as I know you were in ticket operations? Were you um, you know, putting orders in the ticketing system? Were you selling? You know, what was your position there like? Um primarily at least at the outset, I was um, fulfilling orders, um, whether it be over the phone or in person, to get ready for the regular season, which unfortunately was cut short because of everything going on. But um, yeah. I was just filling the orders out, putting in reservations, uh, c- c- putting s- reservations off so that certain seats couldn't be bought because groups were coming in or people ha- had their season tickets and things like that. So it's just really just getting ready for the regular season, just helping them out in that aspect. And sometimes, um, fulfilling orders as well for like different events, games and softball, things like that. What would you say is your biggest skill that you'll bring to a new position? I'd say my biggest skill is by far my work ethic. Um, Especially high school and college, I didn't take anything for granted. Nothing was handed to me. It was important for me to just get out there and just work hard and 
just realize that the only way I'm going to be successful is I have to advocate for myself. I have to put in the effort. There's, there's just no easy answers in sport and there's no one's going to hold your hand. You have to be able to get out there and say, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer and just work hard each and every day and just hope for the best and hope for the best outcome. What is the biggest area you need to work on? Biggest area I need to work on, I mentioned it earlier on, but with the Bornstorm is I improved upon my social skills. That's something that I need to get better at talking over the phone, just interacting with people, just improving upon that because that's a very important part of not just sales, but every job in sports. So it's important for me to work on that and just get better each and every day, just doing things like this. No, that's good. I mean, that's, there's always going to be stuff that we've got to work on and just continue to educate ourselves and kind of try to self-improve. So what, how would you define success? Success in my opinion is having that mix of a work-life balance. Of course, for some people that goal is to make a lot of money, but besides that, you got to be able to have that family life to be able to interact, to be able to have time for your family, have some downtime. Because it's, it's a long line, it's many hours. Many people say that it's, it's a lot of hours, a lot of hard work. So if you're married to your job, I mean, that's great. You, you love sports, but at what cost? You've got to have that family life balance too, to have something come back to each and every day to remind you that you're human. You're not a robot. You don't work at, you, you don't, you're not here just for work. So it's important yep. to have that work-life balance. That's what I consider success. Where are you located at now? Um, I'm currently in Newtown, uh, Pennsylvania, okay. which is a little outside Philadelphia. And are you open to relocation for a new position? I am. Um, I guess not at the current moment because of everything going on. There's a lot of uncertainty and yeah. some cost of moving, but uh, I am open to eventually relocation somewhere for a position. I mean, the nice thing is Newtown is uh, close to Jersey, Allentown, you know, Central, you know. I mean, it's not not too bad to get to a lot of different places, so. Yeah, it's a great location. Uh, just another question back with the Barnstormers. Did you end up um, doing any outbound sales there? I did uh, a little bit. Um, it was mostly the inbound sales, but a little okay. bit of outbound sales. All right. And then um, give us kind of like a fun fact about you personally. Um, a fun fact, I would say um, back when I was living in New Jersey, um, I attended a lot of Somerset Patriots minor league baseball games. They're also in the same league as the Lancaster Born Summers. Um, they had this awards program, which um, they still have, and I, I definitely thought that was a great aspect of it. But um, with all the points I accumulated, I decided um, to cash them in to do a, a broadcasting session live on air with, with them for a game. And uh, I got to do that for an inning, and that was a, that was a really great experience. It got me um, behind the scenes of a baseball game, like being able to be on air and just talk about myself and call a game a little bit. So I just thought that was really, really neat. <laughs> that is cool. What other kind of, like what other kind of stuff did they have that you could choose from? Um, they had a remember? lot of things. Um, some autograph memorabilia, the broadcasting the game. Um, another one I did, um, I got to meet um, Sparky Lyle. He was a former Yankee pitcher. Um, he, he was their manager for a little while. So I catch that in one day. That was definitely great getting to meet him in person. Um, he signed some things for me and he showed me how to hit 
baseball a little bit. Uh, I don't, wasn't <laughs> very skilled. I wasn't very skilled too much, but uh, <laughs> he, he gave me the rundown. He took me to the locker room, introduced me to all the guys. The manager just gave me the rundown who I am. Like I said, had me do a little a couple hitting drills um, from the one of the hitting coaches. And I, like I said, it was definitely kind of a. Nice. I was still stuck. <laughs> I definitely could look, head up on my hitting. I could have to do better at my hitting. As you vote on the baseball, you broke me. <laughs> More hitting. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's funny. It's good when you can. Uh, I mean, that's why I like minor league sports so much is, you know, you can get that uh, personal connection and, you know, um, just, you know, feel like you're part of it. Is there, you know, do you prefer – minor league or over major league as far as a uh, potential position or are you just kind of open anything? I'm open to anything. I mean, professional sports for anybody is definitely a great goal to have, but as my professors told me at Temple, just as I've learned talking to different people, you shouldn't discount minor league baseball. As you mentioned, there's just so many different opportunities out there. I mean, maybe it's not as fun. Maybe it's not as glorious per se, but it's, you definitely yeah. learn a lot and, and, and you're still, you're still working at sport and it's still a great opportunity to learn. Oh yeah. No, it's, I think it's been great. I've been minor league sports, you know, my whole adult life. So I definitely recommend, uh, you know, getting in where you can learn what you can and continue to develop. But, uh, I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure to help get, get some word out there about you and hopefully we can be a help for you. Thank you. You're doing a great thing here, Andrew. So I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure everybody else you're going to have on too. Definitely appreciate what you're doing. This is very, this is a great opportunity for everybody out there who needs to get their name out to hopefully get a job soon. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. All right, we're back for another Free Agent Friday, and I have Hannah Hammond. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. It's Friday. What's better than Fridays, right? I know. <laughs> yes, it's, it's done well. <laughs> So let's start off, give us a little background on where you went to school and, and degrees that you have. Um, yeah, so I am currently a last semester senior at West Virginia University, um, studying graphic design and communications with a minor in advertising. Um, and I'm also on the rowing team, so that's kind of like a fun fact about me. Um, Shouldn't have gave you a fun fact yet because I'm going to ask you for another one now. Well, sorry. <laughs> I'll think of another one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's love to hear West Virginia. love what I do and want to continue that. When did you decide you wanted to work in sports? Um, I mean, I've always been interested in sports. Um, like my older brother, I did sports like ever since I was little. Um, and I think I really started getting interested in working in sports when I was recruited to row at West Virginia um, because I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. Like, it was my passion because, um, you know, if you get recruited to play in college, like, you want to do it. Yeah. Um, and so it just got me thinking, like, man, like, I don't want to let sports go for my life because once you graduate, once it's done, like, it's done because rowing, yeah. all you have to do is, like, you can go and, like, row, but – it's either like you row all the time or you're in the Olympics or you just do it like fun. Um, and so I wanted, that's what I kind of decided that it was like time for me to start thinking about working in the sports industry. Nice. Did, when you were um, in school, I guess really up till now, have you done any internships in sports? Yes. Yeah, so this year was 
the first time that I got an internship in the sports industry with our athletic department um, in the communications office. So I was a graphic design intern and I really just did a lot of the uh, print and digital media um, and would do that for a bunch of the sports, like all through athletics. So I did stuff for football. I did stuff for my own team, which was really nice because being able to see my stuff out there was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I did stuff for baseball, track and cross country, wrestling. So being able to get my hands in all of these different areas was pretty awesome. And then this year or over the summer, um, I just started reaching out to a bunch of people. I got, um, it's an internship, but I'm a must love sports participant this summer. Um, I'm also a Sky Blue uh, FC graphic design intern. And then most recently I picked up a visual media internship with USA Triathlon, so. Oh, nice. What's must love sports? So must love sports was created by uh, Raleigh and Gray um, due to the fact that a bunch of college students, their internships were canceled due to the COVID. Um, so she put together this program where she brings in a bunch of people from the sports industry and it's basically panels like every week. So we talk to multiple people throughout the week um, on different topics and they just give us their input and tell us like what they do and um, really just like a big networking um, event. And so that's been um, really nice to be able to still meet people yeah. even though things are canceled. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it. You don't want to take steps back. So the more active and um, working with people would be would be good. So is yeah. do you have any video editing or shooting experience? Or is it just more on the graphic side? Um, it's more on the graphic side. Um, I just took a motion graphics course this past okay. year. So I have a little bit of that side. But um, I mean, definitely want to get into that because if it adds to the resume. Yeah. And I think motion graphics are, are big if you're in, you know, most most sports that have LED, you know, ribbon boards or, or video boards. So oh, yeah. um, the more that you can learn there. And I tried to learn and I'm just not a, I'm not a designer anyway, but <laughs> um, I've owned a marketing company forever. And so it's like, you know, I always try to do some stuff so that I can get it done quick if, if my guy's, you know, not available. So, um, so any, any of those, I mean, it, it looks like you kind of just started some of those, um, design ones, but anything you're most proud of from any of them? Um, I mean, I'm just proud that I was able to find, like put myself out there and, um, take up this time because I could have just taken this time to, you know, do stuff for me, but um, I really took the time to try to network with people and get my name out and show people that this is what I want to do. So I think that's what I'm most proud of. Um, not specifically from an individual one, just the overall fact that I was able to. Do you have like an online portfolio or anything that shows um, your work? I do. So I have a Behance page. Um, I'm still trying to upload a bunch of stuff um, since I have these multiple internships this summer. But yes, I do have a Behance page that you guys should check out. <laughs> yeah, well, send me the link and I'll make sure to put it in the description. And I just posted that I'm looking for um, a graphic design Ooh. help. Uh, 
because as you see, if you saw your brother's video, who uh, Dylan Hammond, who was on a few weeks ago, um, you know, the overlay is something I did on Illustrator. I'm not, uh, I, I don't have much talent there. So um, I want to get some help with that and a couple other projects that I'm doing. So um, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, well, let me know if you want any help because I'd be willing to. <laughs> yeah, I, I need it. I need it. So what would you say is your biggest um, skill that you have? Um, definitely time management. Being uh, an athlete, um, a student athlete, mm -hmm. um, time management has been a big thing these past four years um, because, you know, I have 20-hour work week with practices on top of however many classes I was taking on top of my internships. So um, I really had to have the schedule down and um, time management has been my, my best friend. <laughs> well, and it's, it's something that you really need now. I mean, with all these things that you have going on, just oh, yeah. not going crazy. So. Oh yeah. It's definitely been, um, it's, it's been a transition trying to change because you know, with everything remotely, like, you don't have to go into the office. So it's trying to plan out, okay, when am I going to do this thing to get this done? When am I going to do this and get this done? So having like that plan set out, um, has been interesting to figure out. <laughs> oh yeah. What would you say is the biggest thing you need to work on? Um, I am definitely very hard on myself. I like to get outside approval from people. Um, so I have been taking this time to really tell myself, okay, I know that it's good because they hired me for a reason. Um, so just telling myself it's good. <laughs> Giving you that confidence. Oh, yes. yes. So, um, I take it you work with like what, um, software programs do you work with for your graphic design? Um, I mainly work with the Adobe suite. So Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, um, and like Lightroom and stuff. So, uh, but I also do um, like the Word, Microsoft stuff. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> what would you say is your dream job? Uh, no hate, but I eventually want to go back to Ohio and work with the Cavs or the Browns. <laughs> Wow, that's rough, huh? Hey, you know, you, you got to support them at their worst to support them at their best. So your brother was did like an internship with the Browns, didn't he? Or worked he did, with the Browns yeah. a little bit? Yes, he did. Or hard knocks or something we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. So he, like I said, he's been my biggest supporter in all of this, and he's always telling me like, "Hey, fill out this job position or whatever." So, um knowing that he has those connections has been really helpful because, you know, even if it's just trying to get a mentor or talk to someone. Um, yeah. Nice. The more, the more people that you're connected with and build relationships with the, the more it will help in my opinion. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, so are you open to relocation as well? Uh, yes, I definitely am. Especially okay. with how big the sports industry is, the jobs everywhere. So yeah, yeah, exactly. How would you define success? Ooh. Um, I guess just personally for me, it's knowing that whatever I make um, is one being reached by people, but also like 
if it's making a difference because I know like during these times like with diversity and inclusion like is a big thing and so I really want to make sure that like I'm being thoughtful about that and just you know making stuff that people are proud to look at and that the organizations that I'm making for are proud to like have that represent them yeah that's good on the I'm kind of bouncing around here but on the graphic side is there like a specialty that you have like like you know are you like a logo creator are you you know a good print or you know website you know involved in any website development um i mean i really like making uh social media uh posts and stuff um mm. because i don't know i just feel like i'm more fluid with that and it just comes more naturally to me so um being able to yeah and i mean i do like making posters as well i made our my rowing team's poster for this uh spring season even though it got canceled and I have to say it was pretty awesome making that. I like, I felt super cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, it's always fun. You can, you know, get creative and, you know, do what's in your mind, especially if you're on the team, you know more about it than if you send it off to some graphics person that, that is not. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, that would definitely be cool. How about a fun fact about yourself? Oh, another one. Okay. Yeah. Um, well so i like to travel like around different states and stuff and wherever i travel to i always have to stop off and get a starbucks mug like the you are here ones or whatever okay and i collect those so i guess that's a fun fact but you know how many do you have um probably close to like 40 right now between wow. like state and city ones so and they're probably like 10 bucks a piece or something yeah you know like uh, a little embarrassing to say, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> so what's your, what's your drink there then? Oh, uh, the cold brew is definitely, okay. yeah. What the, exactly is that? I saw that when I went there one time. Um, it's like a normal like drip, but it's like cold. <laughs> Just cold. Yeah. It's in like a tap, but I was like, is this beer or is it coffee? Oh yeah. No, it's definitely coffee. Yeah. Okay. You know? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see. Well, definitely um, send over the, the link for the portfolio. We'll get that out. And then, um, you know, keep in touch next week. This will go out next Friday. Um, so we'll get get you squared away with everything. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Hi, we're back for another Free Agent Friday, and I have Jacob Morris with me. How's it going, Jacob? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me, Andrew. Yeah, appreciate you joining me. Let's jump in um, and start with your school experience and degree that you have. Okay, so I've actually got two degrees, one of which is sport related, one of which is entirely unrelated to sport. Uh, okay. First thing I got was a BA in political science from the University of Toronto. Uh, and then as I was finishing that degree, uh, I was kind of asking myself, well, what do I want to do with my life? Uh, what exactly does one do with a BA in political science, right? Uh, a lot of people I graduated with went to law school, and that was just not for me. And I said, well, I really enjoy sports. Uh, and How do I turn this love of sports into a, a career path? Uh, and I went back to school and got a diploma in sport management from Humber. Uh, so that's where the sport skill set comes from. 
What's kind of the ideal job that you're looking for in sports? Oh, I mean, like the absolute dream job would be uh, like that CMO level uh, in in major Canadian sports um, uh, property. So not necessarily. I don't. I don't want to fit so narrowly that it's like, oh, I want to be CMO for the Jays or right. CMO for. Right. The, I'll take anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. What is your goal now? What are you looking for now? Oh, well, I, I had a background in communications and marketing. So anywhere where it would be, I'd be working in a communications department. I'd be working in a marketing department uh, for a sports team, helping them develop their message, their marketing, what getting that, that, message out about what the team's about trying to get fans in the door trying to get the media writing about them that's what i'm into okay what at what point did you decide you wanted to get into sports oh man uh, get into sports i mean <laughs> since i was about five years old i think uh, <laughs> nice i was i was the kind of kid who i tell you the whole starting lineup of the toronto blue jays before before i was reading books i think <laughs> uh but when I really seriously decided that this is what I want to make my, my life's work, it's, I was about four months from graduating at U of T. I didn't really have a clue of what I wanted to do. And then through a program um, that we've got up here, it's called 10,000 Coffees. What it does is it tries to connect uh, young graduates and soon to be graduates with industry leaders. And I had the fortunate, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to meet with uh, Chris Overholt. He was the CEO of the Canadian Olympic Committee at the time. And what he said to me uh, really stuck with me was that it's not about the passion you have. It's about the skills you have that make people want to employ you. And that's why I went back and pursued the degree at Humber uh, so that I had those skills to succeed within the sport industry. What would you say is your biggest uh, skill? I mean, it's, it's got to be the communication. That's where I've got my background in. It's developing and crafting those stories that make you interested in, that make you really want to know about the team or the athlete or this, and not just the story of, oh, they won the game four to three today. It's the story behind the story. It's, you know, really learning about the athlete, learning about the person who's behind the game. What do you think is the biggest area you need to work on? Oh, uh, I think ironically as a communicator, it's my interpersonal communication. Uh, I got to get better at communicating with people, uh, how I feel, how I, how I kind of work. Uh, it's kind of ironic that the strongest thing that I'm good at is communicating about other people. And my weakest, the weakest part is communicating about myself, but I find that happens a lot in communicators. We're so good at talking about other people and we let talking about ourselves slide. Yeah, and you're so focused on that. So, I mean, that'll come. That'll come with, with some time. Um, how would you define success? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, to be successful is to be comfortable with where you are. You don't have to be at the top of the food chain. But if you're happy and you're making your bill payments and you have time to spend with your family, uh, that's success to me. Oh, that's very good. I like that question too, because it's all relative to the person. There's so many ways to be successful and it's really all what you value. So 
tell me a little bit about your, you know, first venture into sports. What was, what was your first role or volunteer or internship that you had? Oh, well, volunteer versus internship are two very different things. Uh, volunteer role, uh, the first ever thing I volunteered in sports was with the Toronto Wolf Pack. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they're, they? a, they're a rugby rugby club, uh, and they play in the English Rugby League, actually, but they bring teams over from England to compete against them in Toronto and then spend half their season in England. And I volunteered as part of their fan coordination team. So I'd be welcoming people at the door, getting them to sign up for the 50-50 raffle and the like. Uh, my first internship, though, was actually with the Canadian Olympic Committee. And that was like, wow, dream job right there. Because working with the Olympics, it was like the 100-day lead up to the Pyeongchang Olympics in 2018. Uh, and just thrown directly into it where it was creating content, getting stuff ready for the Olympics. And it doesn't get much bigger than that. I mean, yeah. maybe the World Cup, but it's it's just on a whole other level of sport, man. What kind of stuff were you doing there? Oh, I mean, everything from I was doing press releases. I was getting athlete bios together. I was... Uh, doing previews for events. I was doing fan-facing articles, like getting people to know Korea, getting people to know the different sports. Uh, there was, I said, putting together bios of athletes already, so I'm not going to double back on that, but I put together a lot of those. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun there. And then, thankfully, it ended up turning into a job for uh, the better part of two years. Nice. Same, same kind of stuff. Once it was a job, same kind of, same kind of stuff with the job. Uh, it was a lot more on the media side, press releases, media monitoring, uh, again helping craft that message of what the Canadian Olympic Committee is all about. Any other um, sports experience? Uh, no, it's been fairly limited. Uh, there was some stuff through school. Uh, there was an event that we ran uh, helping promote the North American Indigenous Games, which were hosted in Toronto at the time. I helped volunteer as the communications coordinator for that. Always in communications with me. It's where the strong suit is, so lean into it, right? Uh, but no, not a ton of sport experience. It's, it's been, I had a communication experience because of the degree in political science and then took those skills and applied them to the sports world. Yeah, that's good. And the nice thing about communications too is it's, you know, it, it crosses over. So, you know, communication, I see a lot of people coming from just, you know, corporate communications positions to sports at, at different levels. So uh, definitely a lot of crossover. What, um, with, with a job, are you open to relocation or are you looking for something just in the Toronto area? I mean, I'm open to relocation. The, the, platonic ideal would be the Toronto area, but you got to go where the work is, right? And <laughs> thankfully, my wife's job, uh, she can work pretty much anywhere. She's a civil engineer, so there's always there's always work for them. Uh, so it's not as if we have to particularly balance, well, I would have to go and then she would have to get recertified or really struggle to find the job. It would be fairly easy for her to find work. So you, you go where the work is, right? What's your favorite sport? Oh, that's like asking me to choose between children, man. Uh, 
It's like asking a parent to choose between children. Uh, I love them all, but if you're you gun to my head, I got to say baseball. That was my first love, and it's still the deepest passion there. And I take it your favorite team, the Blue Jays? Yeah, it's definitely the Jays. Come on, let's think outside the box. <laughs> How about ho- hockey? Do you Are you a Canadian football fan or NFL fan? Uh, I follow them. Uh, if if it's it's down further on the list, though, I think if you're gonna make me order it, it goes baseball, hockey, basketball, or like one one A one B, and then football is a little like I guess it's the number four because I've got three at number one, uh, <laughs> very close together. Nice. How about this? Give me a fun fact about you. Oh, a fun fact about me. Man, uh, okay. Put me on the spot a little. Uh, <laughs> I always like to get a good uh, one. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think of a really good one for you. I mean, other than the obvious, like, oh, okay. Um, it's not particularly about me, it's me adjacent. Uh, my cousin is a music composer for big Hollywood films. So he writes music for like Doctor Who and uh, um, James Bond and those kind of films. Wow. That's pretty cool. Is he, yeah. is he from up in Toronto as well? No, a uh, big family from my grandfather. So he's one of like eight siblings. So it's, uh, wow. it's his second cousin and he's based out of LA. Wow. No, that's cool. That's cool. I am not uh, a musician at all or into the, I just cannot, uh, I don't have talent there, unfortunately. Everybody's got to do what they're good at, right? Exactly. Stick to it. Stick to it. Well, I think, um, you know, you have some great experience there, especially working on like with the Olympic committee. I mean, that's, that's on an international level. Um, and with all your other experience, I think, uh, you know, you're positioned well, so just kind of keep hanging in there and then hopefully, uh, we can help get you some more exposure too, and get you, get you, get you back in the saddle. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. That's what, that's what the hope is. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on. All right. We're back for another free agent Friday. And today I've got Javier Cafaro. How's it going, Javier? going great man it's going great enjoying uh enjoying the time so far enjoying this uh little pandemic we got going on so <laughs> got to make the best of it i mean absolutely it's all you can do so absolutely let's jump in um tell us about where you went to school and any degrees that you have yeah so i actually went to texas a&m uh as you can see in my background i got the flag back there um i went to i went to school for political science that's my undergrad uh, decided to go into a minor in sports management and then i moved on to a master's in sports management, which I finished uh, in May. When did you decide that you wanted to get into sports? Uh, I mean, I've always loved sports, even from when I was a little kid. I mean, my dad was a big sports guy. My, uh, my grandpa was on the Olympics. Like, it was, you know, I've always been around sports my whole life. And out of the three kids that my, that my mom and dad had, we, uh, I was the only sports guy. So <laughs> I've loved sports. Uh, football is my passion. I played it for a long time. Uh, and you know, I decided to, I first wanted to go into political science. I wanted to do military intelligence, things like that. Um, but I was in the Corps of Cadets and it didn't really work out for me. So then I was like, you know what? I want, I like sports. I want to be in sports. I'm a 
boots on the ground kind of person. So operations is kind of my calling. So I've been going that route ever since. What's kind of been your like first step into sports as far as like any internships or positions that you, you worked on? Yeah. So I, I worked at A&M as, as a marketing intern at first, that was kind of my first kind of running the mills with uh, sports. I did uh, a lot of the soccer with uh, women's soccer over there at A&M. And then from there, I kind of moved on uh, little by little of meeting new people, uh, moved on to the operations side of football. So I was able to actually be one of the founding members of a, of a, uh, club called Team 12. It's uh, basically we work hands-on with football operations, football recruiting, and we're just kind of like a helping hand. But I mean, I was in there in the mix. I was at the LSU game in the sidelines when we when we beat them 74 to 72. I mean, nice. rushed the fields. I mean, it was it was yeah. crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> experience. And it's that's the thing. It's those little moments that really like constantly remind me like, yes, like sports is not an easy thing to get into, but it's those moments that once you do get into it, those are I- like life moments yeah so how did it um transition you know once you got out of school or your first uh you know experience after your internships yeah so i mean i've uh, once i graduated and as an undergrad i started working with like a little bit beforehand in november i graduated in december um of 2018 i went into i started working with the texans part-time um so i worked with the texans part-time i went through about two seasons with them and then I did jobs on the side, like uh, like I was a server for a while. And actually through that, I actually met the manager that got me onto the XFL. Um, then that's kind of where my big transition was into operations and all that. It was through uh, Sharon Boshi. She worked many years at the Texans. She's worked in many other jobs and especially in sports. And she's kind of well known in the, in the NFL world, but she, uh, she kind of got me into the XFL through marketing. And then from there, I jumped to that uh, that uh, business operations slash events manager, uh, um, events coordinator position at the XFL with the Roughnecks. And what did you kind of do in that role? So me and uh, Will Biba, we were uh, basically we were on the field, and he managed everything on the like on the on the team tunnel, and I was in the visiting tunnel. And we, you know, I, I would make sure that everything was on time. I would make sure that anybody that was coming down to the fan tunnel was at there on time. They were getting guided the right to the right way, uh, making sure the visiting team was coming out at the right time. I was also handling like ball delivery, things like that. And anything inside the stadium operations wise, um, I would make sure I had it handled. Uh, I had a I had a coworker who basically handled a lot of the stuff on the outside, but a lot of the staffing and things like that, like we worked together to make sure we had that locked down. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I thought the XFL did really well, and then it just—it's uh, frustrating that it uh, got cut short. Because I think everyone that was in that just—you know—you guys all were doing a great job, and you know, there's little hiccups here and there, but um, I think it could have worked. So, no, and yeah, and I mean, it, it definitely showed in the numbers of people just showing up to the games themselves. I mean, you're talking. 20,000 plus people at every stadium, basically, Um, even the losing teams. I mean, even Tampa was rocking some 15, 16,000 people per game, you know, and sales were crazy. I mean, it's the numbers were just going up and up and up as the season went on. I mean, I I could only like, I still dream of the moment where I'm like, where I could have imagined at the U of H stadium, the championship. I mean, heck we were undefeated, man. You know, <laughs> like yeah. the Roughnecks were undefeated. Like we, we all were just imagining for that moment, but I have a good feeling that it's going to come back. I mean, I think, I think, Hopefully. you know, yeah. 
you know, with the 20 some buyers that, that are wanting to get into it, I think, I think it's a good shot. What would you say is your um, biggest skill that you bring to the table for a new position? Honestly, I think, I think my biggest skill is my, my high level of EQ. Um, I know a lot of people talk about the, now the moving, the moving trend into less IQ, more EQ. Um, I feel like I have, I connect well with people, have a good sense of when people, I, I don't, I don't shy away from meeting new people. When somebody else comes in, I'm not, I'm not shying away from like, Oh, like you have to do your thing. You have to learn on your own. Like I'm more than happy to help out. Even if it, I have to get out of my way, work a little extra to help somebody else out. I think it's all part of creating that, that community and creating that family in an organization, which is super important, especially in, especially in my eyes. I think if you had like in the XFL, like, you know, we created that family, we created that bond. So those extra hours, those, especially before game one in Houston, where we had four uh, preseason games basically held. And then the week after we had to have the first game and then we had another home game after that. I mean, we had basically four home games before anybody had one. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that that those little things is 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 what you have to have that strong bond and that strong mental like like real real strong mental uh, state of mind to be able to get through all that you know. Yeah, no, that's it's important. What do you think is the biggest area that you need to improve on? I think just honestly getting more experience and being more professional. Um, I've worked in a lot of jobs where a lot of part-time jobs and a lot of internships where I haven't had to have really that strong managing professional role. And so I think that's probably one of my things that I have to work on more is just being more professional, being more, I would say more managerial style rather than just like, you know, helping everywhere out, like making sure everybody's good. It's more of like, Hey, this is your role. This is what you have to do. Like making sure that you, the people underneath you don't think that you're all over the place that you're simply committed to the thing that you're on you know i think that's that's kind of what uh what i have like to work on really really hard yeah there's always going to be stuff to work on so right um how about um what's your dream job um, my dream job I've, i always wanted to be a general manager of a football team uh but i know you have to do a lot of scouting for that so i mean i think honestly for me i'm i love fo- football operations and all it entails so, you know, being like a, like a director of football operations or a director of player personnel, you know, somebody that's about as close as you're going to get to the field without actually being a player or a coach. <laughs> so, you know, just yeah. help. I, I love helping the players out. I, I, I did a little bit at the XFL. Um, I love just the rhythm of it. It's constant moving and never ends. And it, I, that to me is what really gets me, like, gets me going. It's having a job that never stops you know, being constantly on the move, not just sitting behind a desk all the time that I've had those jobs where I've sat behind a desk and man, I, I just, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's tough. I'm very, especially like, I'm like, I'm, I don't have ADHD or anything, but like, I'm just super active all the time. And I love talking to people and just moving and doing this and doing that and picking up this and picking up that. So to me, I think football operations and being the director would be dream job for sure. Did you um, play football at all or? Yeah, I played, I played, I played, I mean, I played, I played soccer first, baseball, all that, because uh, I come from Venezuela. So like football really isn't a thing in South America. Ah, so, yeah. so I mean, you know, I played soccer, I played baseball, I played all that. And then once I got into football, that's when I got here to the US, uh, I was like in fifth grade or so. And so I played from like fifth grade all the way to like sophomore, sophomore year of high school. And then I decided to, you know, try audio engineering and try 
political science and try all these other little things that I felt like really caught my attention at the time, you know? Yeah. And that's good. It's good to kind of see what you enjoy, what you like, what you're good at, you know? So I always recommend trying to get, get involved with what you can and, and that way you can narrow down, you know, it took me forever to figure out what I wanted to do. You know, I'm right. 41. I still don't know half the time what, the, <laughs> what I want to do. So, so don't feel bad if you don't know. What, how would you define success? Man, I mean, success to me that it's, it's all about just being like being happy with yourself and being happy with where you're at. I mean, you're not like money is going to come, money is going to go, you're going to spend it, you're going to get it. It's going to happen. If you define success through money, it's, you know, it's going to be a never ending. You're never really going to be truly successful because you're always going to want more money. There's always more money to be had. So to me, it's all about as long as I'm happy with my job and where I'm at and progressing and progressing in myself, progressing in, in my, in my career and my health and my family and all these little areas in my life, as long as I'm constantly progressing and getting better, that's what's important. That, that, that's what I feel like success is when you're successful is when you've truly reached that level of, okay, I am, I have a great family. I have a great job. I have a great, I have great health, you know, all these things that you could always be improving on. Once you've reached that certain level of it, I think that's when you've truly become successful. How about with your next position? Are you open to relocation? Are you kind of um, stuck in the Houston area? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always open to relocation. I've, I've definitely been looking everywhere. Um, I'm actually really interested in Austin FC. I know that they, they're kind of new and they're looking at, to do the debut in the 2021 uh, MLS season. And, uh, you know, I've heard really good things about it. It seems like a really awesome place awesome uh program and i mean austin is an amazing city to live in i, keep, so, I, I know, haven't been but i hear it's it's awesome and so. it it isn't have you been to houston no okay so i mean if you think about it like this houston is, is more of your city style like like new york kind of style like very yeah. you know big buildings things like that but austin austin is more of your uh open like parks rivers i mean you can go kayaking mm -hmm. one day biking the next hiking the day after that i mean it, it's just it's amazing and it's it's weird you know it's it's like it, it's a very fun and young uh like atmosphere so it's for for me personally i think it's a great place for a young up-and-coming sports person or up-and-coming person period to kind of yeah. have a little bit of experience and even if like a year or two or three just to give that little vibe outside of houston because houston I, i've lived here for about 13 years so I, I love houston don't get me wrong it's my city but sometimes you got to venture out a little bit oh yeah yeah no it's cool and it's cool to see how it's you know every city's kind of different and every region right. has those different things so well, how about a fun fact about you personally? A fun fact about me. Uh, I actually went to state choir in middle school. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not going to say I'm a great singer, man, but as a, as a solo or no, I mean, yeah, oh, okay, I, like, like so, so I went as I was in the part of the choir uh, okay. in state choir, but out of, I was, uh, I think me and three other people auditioned in, in middle school and I was the only one to make it out of the, out of the, out of the four. So I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a great singer, man, but I'm going to tell you this. I, I get encore calls in the shower all of the time. <laughs> That's good. You, you want to do one right now? I'm going to be honest with you, man. I just, like, I just woke up. This is probably okay. the earliest waking up the majority of the time in quarantine. Not... <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. It's, it's, it's almost lunchtime. 
<laughs> I, I, well, here's the thing. I, like, like I said, I've been focusing on making sure I stay <laughs> what I can handle. So I've been doing intermittent fasting. So I don't really, eat, I'm not going to eat till like noon and I'm about to go play soccer in a little bit. So, oh, you know, nice. I, I, I'm, I, but yeah, no, my, my singing courts uh, are still, are still a little, a little, uh, little sore for, I was, I was singing last night. That's the thing. I was singing last night. Like I was, I was hanging out with some friends and, you know, some Celine Dion came on and you know, my heart kind of kept going. It had to go on. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. We'll get you, uh, Next time we'll we'll do uh, some some live uh, singing so we can test that out. Maybe you can do national anthem somewhere. Hey, I I always told them at the XFL if y'all needed an extra, I ha- I had it down. I mean, I was practicing in the locker room beforehand. I I had it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I can't. Uh, don't if you if you hear me sing or dance, you know I have no rhythm. No. <laughs> so, well, but it's thing. fun. I- I'm I like I'm Hispanic man, so my my dancing just comes naturally. My grandma taught me when I was since I was like a two years, three years old, man. I've been dancing that, so that that part I had locked down. I just need to I need to, I knew that my singing was was my thing that I needed to to really improve on in middle school because the saxophone was not gonna be my thing, you know. <laughs> no man, hey, it was really good chatting with you. I mean, it. Uh... I, I, I love these because you can see like passion and personality on these videos as opposed to just sending a cover letter or something. So absolutely. Um, appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. All right. We're back for another free agent Friday. And today I've got Ronan Kulsa with me. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Yeah. Glad you could join me. Uh, let's get started with your college experience where'd you go to school what's your degree or degrees in yeah so i went to bradley university in illinois um peoria illinois right in the middle of you know chicago and, and st louis um, was a sports communication and social media marketing a double major so really doing a lot on both sides you know in the foster college of business and in the charlie steiner school of sports communication and just doing a bunch of different bunch of different things being involved in you know the athletic department missouri valley conference and helping out and uh, ticket sales there a little bit, doing alumni outreach, and just being able to do so much. And yeah. So, are you were you like a big sports fan, or what got you interested in sports communication and marketing? Sure. So, I guess when I wanted to go to college, I was, hey, it'd be cool to be a broadcaster. Like, there's an opportunity. Then I realized I wasn't that great at it. Um, so, I guess sports in general has always been a big part of my life. You know, as a as a kid, I just. I guess I just always loved baseball. So I got the love of the game, um, you know, award in eighth grade. Um, it's not for the best player. It's for the person who loves, you know, the game the most. Um, and just being able to connect it. And I guess it brings the community together. Um, you know, Vermont, where I'm from, small town. But a lot of people are going to the baseball games or going to, you know, any of the, the sporting events at the local high school. And that's a, that's a big um, place to bring people together. And I just was really drawn to that community aspect. Um, and then in high school, you know, I just, I was doing the shot clock and that, that was just kind of my first job in sports really. Um, but then, Hey, college, your sports communication, you know, out in Illinois, I've traveled the country, traveled the world. Why not? seems like a great opportunity. My dad's family's from out there. So I get to see them, um, you know, more often. Well, so while you were in college, um, did you have any internships in sports? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, 
was a production assistant. You know, and then I ended up being a leader um, for you know, ESPN three and ESPN plus. And so I was doing, you know, really everything, camera replay, uh, graphics, doing in venue stuff, everything. And I was a marketing intern as well for the athletic department. So really helping with the activation side. Most of my experience is in the activation side, um, you know, partnerships of community outreach, that kind of thing. Um, and then my first guess, internship in sports with the Sanford Mainers in uh, Maine. So the New England Collegiate Baseball League. So I, I was the game operations, like general administrator, promotional entertainment intern. So I was living with, you know, six baseball players, like division one baseball players from all around the world or not world, I guess country, you know, from around the uh, country. Um, but just, and with these three dogs, two host parents, and it's like, whoa, here I am. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote the script, I prepared, get all parked, you know, where, where Babe Ruth played back in the day um, for the game. And, and just seeing how people come together from small town in Sanford um, and around New England as well, based on people that don't really, don't have as much going for their in life, you know, might be just not, not thriving. And then people that are, you know, they're scouts or there's people who have vacation homes in Maine or are coming in, just seeing everybody come together just for the joy of, you know, baseball. Um, and then this past summer, I was the Vermont Lake Monsters, the only minor league team or only uh, sports team, professional sports team in Vermont. Um, and I was the marketing and fan development intern there. Um, so I really, I coordinated all the community outreach, I guess, and doing all the activation at game day, um, catching everything on social media. I was kind of the social media guy as well, um, in-game social media, and just really helping to engage and get the fans excited, get them, hey, this is, we're here to, to come together, not just to watch baseball. It's here to be entertained and, and take three hours away from our, you know, our lives that are, might be stressful or, or whatnot. And in and, and college, you know, I also was a business consultant, and that wasn't in sports, um, but, you know, doing, doing some consulting work really helped me understand, you know, how to work with these clients to organize their, their thoughts and, and, and reach their goals and figure out, hey, this is what you need to work on. Um, this is what you're doing well is what you should uh, head for in the future. So th those are my kind of um, sports experience. I've also done you know, a bunch of little other things. Um, you know, I was with the Bradley Fund, which is calling alumni, reaching out, trying to get donations. And I did ticket sales for the local ski mountain. Um, I guess not ski, ski and snowboard mountain. Uh, Mount Snow over in uh, Dover, Vermont. So I was just, I'm just always trying to keep busy. And I think that that's what it's all about. You know, don't want to slow yourself down. Don't want to get caught up in the little things. You want to um, have a bunch of opportunities. So then you're, you're prepared for the future, you know, since you just graduated college. And obviously sports, not really a huge thing for especially uh, new people trying to enter the, the market. So Bad timing, bad timing. Yeah. Nah, it'll what bounce back. There, you know? <laughs> yeah, it'll bounce back. What, um, I, and I like the fact that you've done a lot of different things. I mean, I, I think, you know, getting some real world experiences, it's important. And the more stuff you have like that, you know, it just helps, helps you develop what is kind of your ideal position that you're looking for now? Sure. Um, 
you know, really, I'm thinking probably an assistant coordinator position right now, um, you know, doing the business development side. I think that that's where, you know, where I have some skills and where I think I'm a relationship builder and, you know, past interviews have been trying to sell myself as, Hey, I, I build relationships. I'm out there, you know, connecting some random organization, uh, business, right. Or local business to this team. Hey, this is how we can help you achieve your marketing goals. This is what we want to do for you. And, you know, you're, you're going to give us some money and, and have some cool promotions. That sounds pretty good to both of you. Know? So doing that and then a you know, long-term future, I'd really love to be, <laughs> I guess the minor league, no minor league baseball GM uh, for, a, for a team. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Out of also, your dream job? Yeah, that would be my dream okay. job. Yeah, but, and, and also, you know, this, and immediately, um, community engagement. You know, I've done a lot of that. And I think that that, is where my passion you know, kind of lies as, as well as with the business development, but, but it's just showing the community, Hey, the, the team's here for you. It's not a huge, it's not only business it's for, for you as well. Yep. Um, Cause you know, with the Lake monsters, I was, I went to the children's hospital multiple times with players and the mascot. Um, and you know, they're just really in a small room. I don't have, yeah. they might not live or, or whatnot. So just coming in, you know, autograph, high five. Hey, like that really brightened my day. And you know, the dad be there, the mom and really, Hey, that's, that's, that's a lot better than just sitting in this small room talking to a nurse every 20 minutes or whatnot, you know? Yeah. That's the cool thing about sports too, is you get involved in, in things like that. And, you know, to be truly successful, in my opinion, you, you really need to be uh, entrenched in that community and um, it's a rewarding part of it too. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what is your biggest skill you think that you bring to a new position? Yeah, I would say probably reaching objectives. Um, you know, if I have a goal or a goal is set for me, this is what, you, what we want you to accomplish running, or I come up with that. Um, you know, I, I'm going to work really hard to reach that. Um, and also because I've done so much multitasking, you know, being able to, that's like the lake monsters. You know, I was doing activation, but I'm also doing social media. So I'm out there setting everything up you know, explaining the rules to the participants, right? And then catching and getting them on social media, coming up with some catchy slogan or whatnot. Um, also, you know, as a young person, I was always really interested in statistics and obviously in business, a lot of statistics and analytics. Um, so my analytical mind is, uh, is there. So. <laughs> What's the biggest area you think you need to work on? Sure. Um, I would say, some, you know, I think sometimes I'm a little too quick to make decisions, um, you know, because I think it's just say hey, that's, that's clearly the, the outcome. This is what we should decide. Um, you know, I'm, I think I'm a very open team player and a lot of my, you know, all my jobs really have been with a team and coordinating together. But sometimes if it's like, we got to make the decision quick, I just make the decision. That's not always the, the best. Um, you know, I haven't had any terrible outcomes or, or whatnot, but uh, you don't want to move too fast. And I guess sometimes maybe I do that. I'll be able to think it through and make yeah. a decision, you know. Yeah, and through. also I think that if I don't reach an objective, I take the blame on myself, even if it's not my fault, you know, it's everyone's fault or, or whatnot. It's like, hey, this is all on me. Like, but that you can't do that. And that's sometimes I you know I get a negative attitude there. What um you are you open to relocation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Vermont. There's only one, uh, one, you know, professional team in Vermont. So, but again, I've, 
you know, I've traveled the, the country. Um, you know, I, I was almost going to move to, to California, not in Vermont. I went to school in Illinois. I haven't been to the South, so I don't know much about. South is awesome. South of, I guess, Virginia. I haven't really been. I mean, I just went to Tennessee, so. Uh, but not a whole lot of experience in the South, but in the Southwest, I've been there. So really all over the Midwest, you know, that's where I want to <laughs> like off my uh, skill set, you know? How would you define success? Um, as I mentioned, re- reaching goals. I think if I can reach a goal or figure out why I didn't attain that, um, you know, make a clear argument of this is why this wasn't a feasible goal. Um, that's, that's, you know, if you can make a difference and, and see people, you know, see the joy on their face of going to a sports event or what, or whatnot. Um, also, you know, I was the sports editor of the school newspaper. Um, so kind of learning and mentoring others and, and building those relationships because, you know, the scout newspaper wasn't doing the best. Um, then the sports editor two years before me really turned it around, but I was able to maintain that relationship with, you know, the sports information director, and that kind of thing to make sure everything goes smoothly. And we're still able to cover um, Bradley athletics, even though we're just a school that's able to have a huge readership. How about a fun personal fact about you? Um, So I think this is kind of interesting. I lived in India in 10th grade. So I went to boarding school over there. Um, It's for an experience. Um, And that that was wild because it's so different. And, you know, I, I brought my baseball glove. Hey, I like baseball, obviously. And all, cricket. Nobody, yeah, they're all cricket. They're all cricket. So what I would do, I had my ball, or I got cricket balls too. And you know, the, the guys would go out far. And I'd just, like I was a pitcher, so I would just throw it as hard as I could and they'd just catch it barehand. And I mean, I'm not like throwing crazy hard, but like, I don't know, 75. And it's like, <laughs> it's like dang. So uh, India was, was just so different and seeing the, how everything's just nobody's the same and they're always thinking differently and everybody's so disconnected. That wasn't disconnection was not ideal for me. Um, but just, yeah, that's a cool, cool experience though to, to have. So, mm-hmm. well, I want to thank you for, for jumping on with me. Hopefully we can help you get that, that gig here soon and, and, uh, get you working in the sports world. Yeah. Appreciate it, Andrew. Hopefully. Taking time. Well, we're back for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got Tina Manzani with me. How are you, Tina? I'm good. How are you? Did I did I get it right? You got it close. You got <laughs> it very very close. <laughs> one of the it's one of the things I have to work on. It's one of my weaknesses. Is, uh, Your name is so easy. Names. It's not going to be hard to mess up. Yeah, yeah. Mine's easy, but everybody else's. No, thanks for joining me. Let's get rolling because you've got a good background that might take us a little longer. So. <laughs> got to maximize our short time that we have here. Kind of walk me through uh, college and the degrees that you have. Yeah, so I um, I started at A&M College Station and then got a call to come and do full-time work at the sports team in Laredo. So um, I left A&M to go to Laredo. So I kind of had a break between college um, to chase the dream, you know. Um, but then I finished at A&M Laredo, um, my undergrad in 2008, with a uh, Bachelor's of Art in Communication with a minor in Marketing. And then um, years later, I was in, we'll get into that later, but years later, I was in Phoenix and um, (laughs) I was bored (laughs) with just doing one thing. And so um, 
I took on my master's there. So I went to Grand Canyon University and MBA in leadership. So nice. Yeah. It's always fun when you get bored when you still have a lot going on. So. <laughs> I, I have a feeling you're going to ask a question about it, so I'm going to save it for later. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me how um, you got interested in working in sports. Um, it's kind of my fun fact. Um, so Don't I, waste I'm your fun fact town. now if it's a good one. No, no, no. no. It's kind of, I'm from a small town. Laredo is a South Texas border town, and you know everyone there kind of becomes a teacher or works in the oil field and kind of very standardized jobs, and I was like, I don't want to do any of that. And being Indian, you know, you there's also the role of going into the family business. And I also did not want that. Um, so when I was in college, freshman year of college, there was a sports team coming into the town. And I was like, hmm, I want to do that. Um, it looked fun. And 17 years later, I haven't looked back. I've just been doing that ever since. Yeah, that's, you're catching up to me. I'm uh, about 20 years now. Yeah. So, all right, well, kind of walk me through your resume a little bit. Um you know, can be kind of brief on the sure. The so it's been stuff. a general nine years in Laredo with the Laredo Bucks, which is a former uh, Central Hockey League team, um, two-time championship. Um, I was an intern for a year, and then the second year I came back, and um, Mark Solis, um, you know, the general manager at the time, he's like, "Wait, you're an intern again?" And I was like, "I'm not leaving until you give me a job." And he's like, "All right then." This is back in the unpaid internship days, by the way. So. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, These kids I, have it made now. It's like, yeah, getting... I know. I'm like, no, they got to earn it. Um, I interned for two seasons for free until he, um, I was doing ticket sales on the side. Like, you know, I had little groups and stuff because um, I worked on campus too. So I was able to, you know, garner some small 20, 30 groups. But um, when he saw that I was like, just not going to leave, <laughs> he finally gave me a shot as a ticket exec um, my third year there. And then I kind of just went, I'm, I'm just kind of that person who wants to take everything in and people look at your resume and think, oh, you've jumped all over the place and you've done so many different things. Can you not figure what you like? And that's not it for me. For me, it's like, I need more. I need to learn more. I want to understand more. So I did ticket sales for a couple of years there. Um, I also did merchandising. I did corporate sales fulfillment. Um, and I did some finance towards the end so about nine seasons, 10 years, I think is what it was. And then I moved to the Central Hockey League front office in Phoenix um, and was there for three and a half years until they, they merged or folded whatever with the ECHL. Um, and I was a manager of team services there. I worked with all the teams to cultivate ideas and, and um, numbers and take sales data and all that to, to disperse out to them, along with other duties as well, um, managing the, office of, or the on-ice officials travel and all that kind of stuff. And then also the large-scale um, meetings that we used to have, you know, the um, conferences where all the ticket sales and marketing execs would come. I would, I would run all those events as well, as, including the all-star games. Um, from there, I feel like a player. I got recruited to the American Hockey League when the ECHL and the CHL uh, merged. Um, I was very fortunate to work under Nathan Costa, when, and I think you interviewed Jonathan Forsberg, who's one of my colleagues as well. Yep. At the time, um, we had such a dynamically great team in the team business services department because we all worked on the team side at one point. And so we understood what the teams wanted. Um, and I know this question always comes up league or teams and it's, it's so hard to answer that because for different reasons, right? Like the league level I get to share and I get to give back everything I've gained from the different places I've been. And I'm like, Oh, you know, Ontario did this. This would be great if they did in Grand Rapids or whatever, you know? So for different reasons, they're different. Um, both are good, but at the league side, you do get, sorry, HL, sorry, HL, you do get a little bored, which is why I went and did my master's because I was missing that high, missing that 
I got to do this. I got to do that. So, um, so anyway, I went to the American Hockey League and then I had an opportunity to take my dream job in Tampa, um, working in sports and also giving back to the community as the senior foundation coordinator there. My main role there was 50-50 raffle, which was um, a huge endeavor, which was so much fun. I didn't do that for the NHL All-Star game there in Tampa in 2018, which was amazing. Um, and then I came to San Antonio. I wanted to get closer to my roots. My parents are down here in South Texas and getting a little bit older and wasn't quite ready to hang up the skates, if you will. And so um, Ryan Snyder, who uh, was formerly the Central Hockey League, I've known for 15 years, and I kind of sent him a message and he's like, you know what? I have a position, let me mold it a little bit. So he actually challenged me to try something new and I did and player ops was something I had never done before. And um, I did all the travel, hotels, per diems, flights, buses, and meals um, for all the team away games and whatnot. And as you know, San Antonio doesn't play any road games um, bus games other than Texas. So our budget was the size of essentially um, an AHL team, but flying at an NHL team level. So it was, it was an interesting job, but it was so much fun. I'm very blessed to have had that opportunity. What were kind of the main things that you did um, in San Antonio? So travel for player ops was the okay. main bridge of it. Um, this past year I was able to take on, or I was asked and happy to do it, take on youth, uh, youth hockey coordinator. And I was able to work with all the youth teams in San Antonio um, to bridge that relationship between us and them. And, and I can't even tell you how much that reinvigorated my passion for what we do. It's, those kids are just amazing. And Miss Tina, did you see me score that goal? You know, that thing, <laughs> that just never, it'll never go away. And um, so youth hockey coordinator was kind of my secondary role there. And then uh, managing the finances and the, you know, the analytics, um, I have an analytic background. So did a lot of the analytical reporting for internal stakeholders. Um, so that was, it was kind of a smorgasbord of everything, you know, Ryan's like, can you do this? Can you do that? How big is your bandwidth? Yeah, you know? just keep, <laughs> keep throwing it on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of what I've done. And then I, again, I don't think it's a bad thing to have cultivated so many different things because I can wear multiple hats in one role and it pays for itself. What would you say is your dream job? <laughs> so <laughs> I've had my dream job uh, working in sports and, and, and bridging that with community, right? I love giving back and um, that's a huge part of who I am and, and what I was raised to do. So um, that was my dream job. And um, I don't know what it is anymore at this point because I had it. But what I did learn from that when I left Tampa and when I came here, my dream job no longer includes a specific role, but it includes having a boss in an, an environment, a working environment that allows you to grow and cultivate new ideas and not stifle you. I don't necessarily care what the position is, not, not exactly to that T, but I more so am important. What's more important to me, sorry, is having the right leadership team. That's what a dream job would be to me in sports, like having the right leadership team, because without that, I have learned that, that you can't do much. <laughs> I just realized that. And, uh, you know, I've been in it all this years, but I've always been the, uh number one you know the the president or ceo yeah. so it's it was different for me and uh i learned that through people on the podcast and it makes a lot of sense now and yeah, i know the number one thing i don't care what i'm doing to an extent right right but i don't i don't care what i'm doing as long as i have the right environment the right culture and the right leadership because without the right leadership i can't do anything i was very blessed in san antonio with ryan to give me the opportunity to grow and to share my ideas without sounding like a know-it-all or whatever, you know? Um, so, so I, I, for me, it's, it's culture and leadership. Those are, that's the dream job, not 
a specific role, marketing, sponsorship, whatever, you know, the young kids want to do these days, the hip titles. I've never been one for titles and my resume can tell you that. Are you open to relocation as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, like I said, five states in the last 10 years. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously as you get older, you start to want to ground yourself a little bit. Um, San Antonio is definitely closer to home and, and um, whatnot, but um, I'm open to anything that, that will allow me to grow and, and be a better version of myself. Are you just, are you a huge hockey fan or did things just work out where you worked uh, in hockey? So that's my fun fact. Everyone okay. always asks how I got into hockey. Um, <laughs> this is going to be so late. Um, watching Full House growing up, Dave Coulier, Joey was a huge Red Wings fan. And that, that's literally it. <laughs> that's no <my> way. <laughs> Dave Cooley, I'm a Red Wings fan by nature. Um, obviously, uh, cheering on the Dallas Stars uh, right now um, with Rick at the head of the helm. Um, good friend and good family uh, that I know very well, the bonuses. So I'm cheering for Dallas here in August. Hopefully they go very far. But St. Louis was a great organization to be a part of last year and, and working with Kevin and McDonald and those guys have been, was an amazing, amazing opportunity to, to see them go from last place in January um, to, to winning the Stanley Cup. And, and so that, um, you know, I cheered them on last year, but it's Dallas' turn this year. And Red Wings are not in, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so who would you be rooting for if it was uh, a team you're working for versus the Red Wings? The team I'm working for. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. But it would hurt a little bit. Well, you bit. know, so when I worked for Tampa, Steve Eisenman worked for Tampa too. So okay. um, that was that was interesting for me. That was fun. No, I, I actually went to a uh, Red Wings lightning game right before they shut down the Joe. Um, and I wore my lightning gear, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What would you say uh, is your biggest skill? Ah, these wonderful interview questions, right? Um, yeah. I would say, the, I think what I, I've, I've touched on a few points, a few times now is my ability to adapt, right? Like I, I've worn so many different hats that um, when I come into a role is I wear three or four different hats and not even by choice, but it just naturally happens. Like, hey, can you do this? Yeah. And then I end up finding that I pay for myself. Like the, the program I brought over to San Antonio, I, I was a business ops manager or coordinator. Um, and I brought in the mystery puck program, which brought in 25,000. Then I took over youth hockey, which brought in 25,000. So by the end of it, I'm paying for myself and it wasn't even in my job description. Um, and that's kind of been my biggest asset anywhere I go. Like I don't, I've always been taught to pay for yourself. Like what, if you're, a, my job spends almost a quarter million, more than a quarter million dollars in the travel side. So how can I make up for that? I can't but how can I make up for what I cost? And so that's kind of the way I've always been trained in sports. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I pay for myself no matter what role I have. That's good, especially at the minor league level. It's, yeah. it's important. How about what's the biggest area you need to work on? <laughs> Taking on too much. <laughs> um, never, you know, I, I think I can do everything and then I get burnt out and I'm like crying to the broadcaster who sits next to me. Poor guy has to hear me all the time. Uh, no, uh, I think, one of the things that I'm able to, I was able to learn this last two years at least, um, was that I know a lot about a lot of different things, but I don't have the macro level yet. I don't have that, what it affects the decisions or the choices or the ideas that we have, how does it affect the bigger picture? 
um, you know, from the managerial or the GM or the president or the executive director's role. That's kind of where I'm lacking. And um, I was on track to kind of learn those things with our leadership team in the next two years, obviously with our team being sold that changed things. But um, with the right leadership team, I can learn those things. And so that's kind of my, my area that I want to grow in the most. How about like, is there any specific thing or two that you're most proud of during your career that you were uh, a part of? I, I knew this was coming. I don't, <laughs> there's so many things. So I'll start with one of the bigger ones because it, it was so near and dear to my heart. In Tampa for the All-Star game, we had a nine raffle, which at the time was unheard of. Um, and a 50-50 raffle to be specific. And our goal leading up to all-star planning with NHL officials and, and you know the team president and everybody talking and they're like, I'm in this small, this meeting, this small little coordinator girl and everyone's like, yeah, we gotta hit 250,000. I'm like, mm, I don't know how we're gonna get there. And, or 200,000 was a goal, sorry. And I was so scared, so scared going into all-star. And um, the minute we broke the goal, like the, um, the record, like, Oh man, it was just a feeling because half of that money's going back to community, right? Half of that money's going to charity, and um, I still get goosebumps thinking about it because it was just so so fun to be a part of such an amazing opportunity. Um, that would be probably one of the best ones. There's so many small little things that I that I'm proud of. You know, just being at the league office, so many things that we can do and impact on a bigger level that people don't necessarily see. Um, but you know, th that's probably the big one um, overall. Well, I will say this. I lived in Florida for a while. Tampa Bay Lightning do do a great job on their 50-50 uh, program in the community because I, I know I know a, I was on the board for uh, Junior Achievement yep. down there. And I know we were a recipient of a pretty large um, uh, check, you know, for that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. You guys, they, they did a lot of good stuff down there. Yeah, we were we were very blessed with a market that was already doing well. Um, I at least I should say I was blessed when I came in in 2016 to Tampa. Um, we had just started a new software program that we were using for 50/50, and um, my goals are pretty lofty, but I am very proud that we brought in over two million dollars in my tenure there. Um, and you know, knowing that half of that goes back to charity is, is where my heart gets fulfilled. Like that's where I know I've done something good for the community, and I've done something good for the world in general. Is there anything else that you want to highlight from your career? I mean, you got so much here. I don't want to um, neglect something that is good, but I try to keep these, you know, 15 yeah, to 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think for me, it's just, you know, for anybody that's hiring, um, I've done it all, right? The CHL, the AHL, the NHL, like I've done it all. And I don't think there's like, like you asked earlier, the dream job. I'm not looking to get to this specific spot, right? Like I, I, I just want to share everything that I have, like, all the knowledge, all the 17 years of this industry, like I want to give it back because like, when we leave, we take nothing with us, right? Like we leave behind our legacy and my legacy should be that I shared what I gained, not that I held it in and took it with me. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing I just want to share. And sometimes that can come off the wrong way, right? Miss know-it-all or whatever, but it's not, my intentions have always been here. My intentions have always been to help. Um, I'm 100% dedicated to the team I'm with. And I think that'll show when you talk to, when people talk to my former supervisors or whatever, um, because that's, that's truly the core of who I am. I want to give like I'm a giving person. Oh, that's great. I mean, I think you have a lot of great experience there and Thank you. you know, you can, I like these videos again, cause you can kind of feel the passion of people as yeah. opposed to sending a cover letter and a resume and all that stuff. So 
hopefully yeah, I've always you said, know. I don't, I, I just need a spot. I just need a shot. Give me a, give me a door. And I <laughs> promise you, I will sell you on me because there's no, there's no way that my passion won't show. There's no way that a piece of paper is not going to tell you who I am. Yeah. Like that's great. That's but good stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just, give me that opportunity. And if, if I don't sell myself, then I, I don't deserve to be with you. Yep. But no, exactly. I feel the same way. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Hopefully this, is this fun. can help. Memory lane. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's always good to kind of go back through and you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, just a couple, somebody I had on the show the other day is, you know, you worked with years ago and you know, you worked with some yeah. of the other free agent Friday uh, episodes. So, for sure. so it's a small yeah, some world. Great colleagues out there and, and what you've done for us and, and are able to do for us is amazing. So thank you for sharing that and giving back to the sports world, because that's truly what we're here to do is help each other out. Right. Yeah. Friendly competition off the field, Learn. ice, whatever you want to call it. Learn my <laughs> Tampa Bay bucks. Oh, nice. I've got my, um, can't really see it, but my t-shirt blanket behind me is all the sports teams I've worked for. Oh, so nice. got Tampa somewhere in here. That's pretty cool. Playoffs. <laughs> wow. Did you make yes. that? I had it made. I didn't do it, but okay. um, yes, we've got Laredo way down on this side, Colorado, Arizona, Tampa yep, Bay, Arizona. San Antonio right at the end here. Nice. Yeah. A lot of fun. <laughs> Well, thanks again for joining me and let's uh, keep in touch. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're back for another episode of Free Agent Fridays and I have Zach Curtis with me. How's it going, Zach? It's going good, Andrew. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining me. Um, Thank you for having me. Let's kind of jump into uh, where you went to school and uh, any degrees that you have. Sure. So I graduated from Longwood University uh, in 2017. Um, I originally went to school and uh, I was kind of undecided when I declared um, or when I decided to go to school. And um, they had a program there that they Longwood called the Compass Program, which is for undeclared people such as myself. And it kind of let you get a feel for everything the school had to offer. Um, from there, I just kind of gravitated towards public relations and communications. Um, I first really wanted to go into history, but I elected to not go into that as I went into common PR and eventually just taking more and more of this class has just led me to enjoy the major and uh, eventually decided to major in that. Um, so it was one time there, um, had a lot of a lot of good experiences there, learned a lot and really enjoyed the, the class structure there and a lot of hands-on and real world, real world experience. Uh, a lot of my tests and finals were, were not really, you know, look at the 50 questions and answer the 50 questions correctly. One of my finals was we were given a PR issue for a company and we had to solve the issue. And cool. we're graded on how well our professor determined we solved the, solved the issue. So that's something I really enjoyed about how they taught the, the material to me. So at what point did you decide you wanted to work in, you know, sports and entertainment? So growing up, um, I was, was still am a huge fan of motorsports. Uh, growing up, I wanted to be a race car driver. And eventually, after looking at the, the costs of getting into it, um, I looked at it and said, I do not have anywhere close to this amount of money to even get started. So it was about then I was probably in middle school where I said, I'm going to figure out how to get behind the scenes in it. And uh, from there, I said, I can either try to get into broadcasting and, and go the route of being behind the camera, or I can go and try to work in the marketing or public relations side of it. And I think in high school is really when I had a teacher, she was an English teacher. She was very impressed with my writing skills. And she said, you could really do something with, with marketing and public relations. You should really try to look into that in the college. 
So that's kind of where I took it from. And just from there, I said, I, you know, I might as well turn something I love into a career. And there's always that old thing, if you do what you love, you never really work a day in your life. So I figured if I can turn what I love into my career, I should have fun with it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's my number one rule is follow your passion first and you'll, you will be happy. So, so did you, while you were in school, did you do any internships in sports or entertainment or any other volunteer work? Uh, I did. I interned for uh, Longwood's Hockey Department first semester. I was the timekeeper for field hockey in the fall. So I was in charge of operating the time and scorekeeping uh, for the game. So I went in there and I didn't really know a whole lot about field hockey. So I had to learn the sport on the fly. And um, there's a lot of stoppages in field hockey, which I was totally unaware of when I got into it. But I eventually learned to, to enjoy the sport. And uh, I wouldn't really call myself a huge fan of it, but I can look at the field hockey when, when the Olympics roll around and get an understanding of what's going on. So that was a lot of fun. And then when basketball started up in November, December, uh, they had me doing music for, for the games. So they had me doing uh, music for intermissions. They had me controlling the audio and video for the pregame and halftime. So that was pretty cool. Um, it was it was real bang bang, and when you're going through that pregame ritual of the anthem, and then you had the video for the introductions for the basketball team. So I had a little bit to work with with the soundboard. So that was a lot of fun being able to get that experience, and that was my first real experience in sports. That's that's good. It's always good to get you know something in there if you can. When yeah. you got out of school, did you have you know something lined up, or what was your first position out of school? So out of school, I didn't have anything lined up. Uh, I actually went back and worked as a recreation aide for um, my local, for my county's parks and recreation program. So I was working with middle school youth for the summer, which was a pretty good gig. It was Monday through Thursday from eight to four every day. And I had Fridays nice. and weekends off, so that was pretty cool. Um, but after that, I did another internship with a healthcare company here in Richmond for a few months. Um, that went from about August to December. And that, that was okay. It wasn't one of my better work experiences. Um, and then after that, a position opened up at Richmond Raceway as a, they called it the event marketing. So I would show up and head out to an event and promote the racetrack there. And once I got into that, I just fell in love with the position. And it was, it was a great way for me to really get my foot in the door. When you left, um, I saw you left there and went to Talladega Speedway and then, yeah. um, kind of came back to Richmond as well. What, um, how how did you like Talladega and the role that you were working on there? Yeah, so what prompted that was I was still on the promo team at the time, and I was told by a couple of people at the racetrack that said, hey, there's this internship in Talladega. You know, if you really want to do this as a full-time job, you should really look down there and apply for it. And if you get it, just go down there and you've got to take it. So I applied for it, got the role, thankfully, to my connections at, the, at Richmond, who were able to put in a good word for me. I got the role, packed up, moved down to Alabama, found an Airbnb in this this small town that was probably about 20 minutes away from the track. It was above <laughs> a lawyer's office, and she owned the area, and she would rent it out for it. So I ended up paying her a certain amount of money a month to live in this little studio. Um, so I went down to Talladega. I was a marketing and fan engagement intern there. Um, it was a little bit of what I did at Richmond with the uh, street marketing events, going out to events. So we would go to places in Atlanta and Birmingham and pretty much all over central Alabama. And then there, I also had a little bit of hand in uh, writing and creating copy. And the big thing I did was uh, billboard designs. So I was helping the digital and social media manager out there with creating designs for the billboards for the upcoming October race. So that was, it was a good experience. Um, Talladega is an awesome place. The only regret I have 
and thankfully it was good is that I did not get to go through a race week in there because Talladega, you know, as, as a racing fan, Talladega is kind of the big, one of the biggest races of the year. And the, the things that happen there are just absolutely insane. And it's really one of those things you have to see to believe. So I'm a little upset. I didn't get to experience there, but it was all for the good. Um, yeah. So hopefully I can be able to go back to Talladega and, and take it in. And then when you came back to Richmond, was that uh, more of a full-time position at that point? Yes, that was a full-time uh, position there. It was a marketing coordinator role. And again, it went right back to the event marketing. They needed someone to run the same street team that I was a part of. Uh, so I came back and they hired me into that role. And I really hit the ground running since I joined in middle of August. And our race weekend was the first weekend, second weekend in September. So I joined and it was just immediately get to work. Uh, so I really enjoyed that there. It was it was pretty stressful for the first couple of weeks trying to get acclimated to a new job, but they figured since I had worked there in the past and I kind of knew how a race weekend operated, they could throw me in there and I, I had a good idea of what was going on. Yeah, it helps. And especially they know, you know, what to expect from you somewhat. So that exactly. always helps. So what's kind of your ideal job next? I mean, what are you looking for? Um, I still really want to get back into racing, even though obviously with the, the impact that uh, the current world climate has had on, everybody a lot of people have been in the same boat i have um but i i just love it i love it i, I want to get back to it i keep thinking about how much fun that that stress of the event week is and in the time leading up to it how we're all running around like maniacs basically trying to get everything we need bundled together before the weekend starts and i, I just live for it the the event weekend is, is fun for me um so i want to either get back to that or what my my dream goal has always been has been to work for a race team uh, either working in the marketing side or doing public relations for, for one of the drivers. That's really been one of my big goals. And it's been something that I've wanted to do for a while and just getting into that role would kind of be like a dream come true for me. Yeah. I, I wasn't really into NASCAR too much or racing, but I was uh, a finalist for a job at Atlanta motor speedway. I think really? is what it is. And uh, it's cool, man. It's huge. The, the, just everything. And uh, it's kind of cool. You know, and, you know, as I'm getting into the job hunt, you know, I always do a lot of research. So I'm get, getting more and more into NASCAR. So I just thought it was, it was interesting. But uh, well, it's always it's definitely one of those things that the first time you go to an event in person, it, it just blows yeah. your mind. Um, I had the liberty of taking one of my roommates in college, took him to Martinsville, Virginia for his first race there. And he was just blown away and he's been hooked ever since. So being able to take that and, and share the experience to somebody who not necessarily was a fan before and watching them turn into a fan, yeah. you know, heading home. And it's like, well, that was really cool. Like we should go to another one sometime. And seeing that same experience I had when I was a kid, when I went to my first race from somebody that is just getting into it is always really cool. Well, when I was a kid, my grandparents lived um, 15, 20 minutes from Pocono Raceway. And okay, cool. Uh, I never went to a race, but I did get to drive on the track when I was like in middle school uh -huh. cool. and uh, I could hear the race from their house and it was like 15, 20 minutes away. Yep. Could hear it. It's no okay. problem. <laughs> we would always send out letters about a month and a half in advance before the race. And we would send out to anybody that lives within a, I think five or eight mile radius of the track and just letting them know like, Hey, there's going to be a ton of equipment coming through. On, on this week and it's going to be really loud this Friday and Saturday night. Right. So just, just so you know. Um, what would you say is your biggest skill that you bring to the table for a new position? 
I, I bring a passion into it. So anything that I get into, I, I dive into it full, full on. Um, I, I can come in and learn something on the fly pretty quick, and I can hopefully demonstrate that knowledge. If I'm talking to a fan base, I can bring that to them and, and share an experience, I guess, is, is my, one of my biggest skills. So when I was at Talladega, I didn't really know a whole lot about the track. I had seen it there, but I hadn't attended a race. So trying to speak to that fan component, talk, trying to talk to fans to convince them to come to an event was difficult for me since I didn't understand it. So I did a deep dive in my free time and I went and tried to learn the fan experience and, and what it is at the track and how I can better better translate that to the fan base. So I would say people skills and, and communication skills are two of my solid strengths. What is the biggest area you need to work on? Uh, time management and organization. Those are two of the things I need to work on. Uh, when I was working full-time, I, I had a big folder that I had all these contracts and that I had signed up, but I did not organize them by date. And if I needed one, I would just pull it out and then put it right back in into the folder with no rhyme of where it went. So organization <laughs> has always been a struggle for me. And it's just something I'm constantly working on trying to get better at it. Yeah. I mean, and that, you know, those are things that you will improve on as you go, you know, as you feel that they are uh, uh, becoming more important and it helps you be more efficient and everything else. So what, uh, how would you define success? For, for me, success is, again, I go back to, to the event weekend, is when I can sit back on Sunday and look at a newspaper article and look at all the fans in the stands or even on the event deck and look at all the fans in the stands and around the area, I'm like, these people are having a great time. And if I've made sure they're happy, then that's, that's a successful weekend in my end. So that, that really is my biggest, biggest success, especially coming from sports knowing that I've made somebody's weekend. This is something for a lot of people for going to an after race is kind of their vacation. So these yeah. people will come in and camp for five days. And if I can roll by their campground and they're offering me, you know, a snack or, or a water or something, just they see me busy on race weekend. Like, hey, this guy's having a great time. That's great. I've, I've made their weekend. I've made them happy. That's, that's a success in my book. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's, that's always great. How about, I like to kind of end um, our videos with a fun fact about you sure so um i've obviously got a lot of passions in life mainly sports um i've grew up my dad went to virginia tech so we grew up big virginia tech football fans i eventually got into the nfl from that and as i got older i started to get an appreciation for more and more sports so i've unfortunately filled my entire weekends with nothing but watching sports now um during the current climate it's been rather hard when we've had there's nothing on (laughs) there's nothing on so in college, I got heavily into soccer and turned into a massive fan of the Premier League. So I've tried to spread that gospel to as much as my friends as I can and like how great of a sport this is. Um, so I'm just into so many different sports and it's, it seems to fill my weekend. Like a lot of people, you know, try to get me to do something on Saturday. It was like, I want to watch this random college football game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know who these teams are, but I, I want to sit back and watch it. It's so, NAIA here. Yeah, it's some, something random. It could be a random you know, D1, D1 game. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what it is. I'll sit back and watch it. Um, so it's just my, my love of sport seems to take my entire life. But on a similar note, um, I'm heavily into to gaming, and I really like sim racing. I got into that back in October. What is it? So I bought myself it's sim racing. So it's called iRacing. Okay. It simulates racing. And you have computer. like a whole setup? Yep, I've got a whole setup. I ended up buying a big desktop computer. I bought a monitor, and I bought a wheel. And I just dove right into it. What's that cost to get set up? 
it's it's pretty pricey to get cost to, to get set up. But I went and bought myself a real nice computer for about fourteen hundred bucks, and then I bought a good wheel and a monitor, and all of that ran me close to two thousand dollars. And then my membership is sixty bucks a year for the program, and then from there you can buy the cars and tracks that you want to race. And so. Um, I got into that, and it's just been kind of an obsession since since I started it. The first night I was able to race on my account, I started racing at about 6 in the evening, and I looked at my phone, and it said 12.30 a.m. It's like, I've really been sitting here doing this for six and a half hours, and I turned off my computer. I was like, I've got to go to sleep. <laughs> this is going to be a problem. Yeah. So I got into that, and it, it, helped, it really helped translate into – into some work skills for me too, since Richmond got, uh, Richmond Raceway got really involved into esports um, over the past two years. So they have, NASCAR has an official iRacing series called the Coca-Cola uh, NASCAR series. And it's 40 drivers. The, the age ranges from 18 to guys in the thirties. And they're professional drivers who, who race virtually and they're run by NASCAR teams. And in Richmond's case, the track where they, they were the only track in it. Um, and it, it blew up. I helped close a big deal for a sponsorship for them um, with Coca-Cola, and that was that was massive. And it's crazy to see how much gaming and esports has has changed the climate oh, it's, of really sports in the past five or six years. Yeah, it's really changing. My my 16 year old son's really into it. So we uh, set up a gaming company, you know, and we're yeah. got him like a expensive PC and. We're we're picking up our first set of merch uh, this this right. next week, so we're we're launching that. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm, it's, uh, it is I'm blowing up. Doing though. my first PC upgrade here soon. I ordered another hard drive for it, so I'm waiting for more parts to come in, so I can get some more storage on there. But I'll tell you, once people the people don't really understand the whole sim racing thing, it's very similar to flight simulators. Yeah. And once you get into it, you know they're certainly looking at what well, set of wheel and pedals are in. If what's that cost? Six hundred bucks? Uh, yeah, I can I can swing that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's good. I have to check that out. I've seen some people doing yeah. that, and uh, definitely I'm getting a little too old for the games, but <laughs> I'm just not as good as I was. So it's, it it just blew me away the first time on it about how competitive it was, and it really filled that competitive itch for me. Well, Zach, I appreciate you joining me. Um, hopefully, sure. we can help you get out there, um, get in front of some more people, and um, get back working. So. Let's keep in touch and good luck. Will do. Thank you for having me on, Andrew. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Free Agent Fridays on The Andrew Haynes Show. If you or anyone you know would be interested in coming on the show or want to get in contact with one of the guests, please reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn.